Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the August 13th Sunday reading of the Estes Park News. I'm Kathy Piancone. Today we'll be reading the following main articles. Larimer County Signs Disaster Declaration A Busy Week of Service by Mayor Wendy Koenig Quota Club is one of Estes Park Health's vibrant partners. Author Robert N. Roosh to speak at the Maud Jellison Library and following up with miscellaneous articles. Larimer County Signs Disaster Declaration Infrastructure and property damage from flash flooding from the recent storms between July 31st and August 3rd initiated the Board of Larimer County Commissioners today to vote to pass a disaster declaration in the retreat, Glenhaven, and along Buckhorn areas of Larimer County. On recommendation by the Office of Emergency Management, the Board of Larimer County Commissioners at their Administrative Matters meeting voted 3-0 to to ratify the declaration signed August 4th by the Chair of the Board. The disaster declaration passed today remains in effect until August 31st, 2023. Flash flooding from the storms has damaged private property and caused over $1 million in public road damage. Public property damage has occurred on Lower Streamside Drive between Larimer County Road 43, with Black Creek receiving significant damage. Larimer County Road 44H has also received damage. The cost and magnitude of recovering and responding to these damages are expected to be beyond Larimer County's resources and allow Larimer County to apply for assistance for repairs. Seasonal monsoon rains are expected to continue over the next few weeks in these areas. A Busy Week of Service by Mayor Wendy Koenig It's August again. And as mayor of Estes Park, I'm busy representing our townspeople at various events and meetings that occur every year at this time. Here's a quick rundown of some of the places I've recently been and a brief glimpse into what I've been doing. Last Friday, I was in Denver for a meeting of the Regional Air Quality Council's board. RACQ is working to improve air quality and protecting Colorado's health, environment, and economy through planning, policy development, and program implementation in 14 Front Range counties. During the meeting, board members and I reviewed several models pertaining to the implementation for meeting the current and 2026 National Ambient Air Quality Standards. As part of the review, we discussed the beneficial impact that recent rains have had on the ozone counts of the region. Midday Sunday, I was in Fort Collins for an employee picnic of the Platte River Power Authority. PRPA supplies electricity to Estes Park, Fort Collins, Longmont, and Loveland. It employs nearly 300 people for that purpose. I appreciated having an opportunity to spend informal time with fellow board members and the staff of PRPA. 
I especially enjoyed seeing the children having fun with the caricature artists, bouncy house, dunk tank, and face painters that were a key part of the picnic. From Fort Collins, I drove to the Larimer County Fairgrounds to help celebrate the 140th anniversary of the fair. I represented Estes Park at the special gathering to honor that auspicious occasion that the Larimer County Commissioners hosted in a big tent. Elected officials from all over the front range were in attendance. As I interacted with them, I thought about the many ways this and other fairs and rodeos bring joy to people and provide support to 4-H programs as well as our Western heritage. The next day, at 7 a.m., I returned to the breakfast tent at the fairgrounds. There, as part of the annual tradition to serve breakfast that we elected officials look forward to every year, I promptly filled a pot with steaming black coffee, then began making the rounds. As I filled the cups of officials, public, and staff, I felt a sense of camaraderie. They had come for a breakfast of pancakes, sausage, and ham, but found an opportunity to share thoughts and ideas with each other. As I made the rounds, I found myself pouring a cup of coffee for John Fayen, the new Larimer County Sheriff. I introduced myself. We exchanged pleasantries. Then he suggested we follow up by having coffee in Estes sometime soon. Continuing on my rounds, that scenario was oft repeated. Obviously, being mayor keeps me engaged. I enjoy taking on the challenges that such engagements present, whether they require me thinking about air quality and electricity, hanging with elected officials, or pouring coffee. I'm grateful for the opportunity to serve, willing to do what's needed, and thankful you put me in a position to do so. Quota Club is one of Estes Park Health's vibrant partners. Quota Club member Marilyn Irwin of Estes Park was preparing dinner at home on a weekday evening at the end of June when she got a call from Estes Park Health. A patient who had had surgery late in the day needed a knee scooter to take home before she could be released. As one of the volunteers who runs the medical supply loan closet on the grounds of Estes Park Health, Irwin sprang into action and headed to EPH. We're on call, Irwin explained. If we can, we meet people at the loan closet. It was dinner time, but that didn't matter. I was fine with coming and helping them out. That's the whole point of it. We're very happy when we have people come and want to borrow something from us. Estes Park Health's interim OR manager, Sarah Oriel, said the patient had undergone an open reduction internal fixation of a non-healing fracture of the ankle. She had been using crutches, but after the procedure, she was unsteady. The surgeon did not want her to put weight on the ankle for a while. The knee scooter provided by the loan closet allowed her to be mobile without putting undue pressure on the joint. Estes Park is a close-knit community, Oriel commented. People want to help take care of each other. The Quota Club loan closet is a valuable asset to staff and patients at Estes Park Health. I think it's huge. Insurance doesn't always cover the cost of this equipment, and sometimes it's needed at the last minute. 
Patients can either give a donation to Quota Club or put a deposit on the rental. Loans are intended to be on a temporary basis up to three months. The loan closet offers an impressive array of medical equipment, including wheelchairs, canes, hospital beds, crutches, shower chairs, and toilet risers. All equipment was purchased by the new Quota Club and is housed in the garage of a small house on the EPH campus at 555 Prospect Avenue. Purchasing this kind of equipment is very expensive, Irwin pointed out. An individual who might need a knee scooter for six or eight weeks often can't afford to buy it. And if they want to rent it, they must go down to the valley. We think this is important for people who come here. We have guests in town who have an accident while they're here. They can come and get crutches or a wheelchair, whatever they need for the time they're going to be here. Of course, we also serve anyone who lives in the Estes Valley. Quota Club raises money through community events. The Quota Club hosts community events to raise money for services like the nonprofit Loan Closet. The group puts on the Taste of Estes at the YMCA of the Rockies. It's a special evening of dining and socializing with Estes Valley restaurants providing delicious samples showcasing their cuisine. Quota Club also hosts the Festival of Trees. During the holiday season, more than 40 holiday trees decorated by local businesses, artists, and Quota Club members are on display at the Estes Park Resort and Dunraven Restaurant Lobby. Supporters buy tickets for chances to win a tree. For more information about the Quota Club, EstesParkQuota.com. If you need to borrow medical equipment, contact the hospital or the Quota Club to set up a time for a volunteer to meet you at the loan closet. Author Robert N. Roosh to speak at the Maud Jellison Library. What would your life be like if you grew up in Estes Park and the Rocky Mountain National Park was your backyard playground? Your summer friends were college students from across the USA and even foreign countries. Robert will talk about his childhood in Estes Park Center YMCA from his book In the Warmth of the Shadow. He will speak at 3 o'clock on Friday, August 18th, at the Maud Jellison Library at Estes Park Center. Robert's recollection of growing up in paradise gives the listener an hour of what Estes Park was like in the 1950s to the 1970s. Books will be available for purchase and signing. Since 1907, the YMCA of the Rockies has been hosting families, conferences, and summer staff experiences. Robert's exploits and experiences will entertain you and bring into focus the history of YMCA and Estes Park. Parkinson's Support Group Meeting, August 15th The Parkinson's Support Group will meet on Tuesday, August 15th at the Estes Valley Public Library from 2 to 3.30 p.m. This meeting will feature two special guests, 
Cindy Kakendal, sales rep from Abbott Infinity DBS, Deep Brain Stimulation, and Dr. Nicole Licking, DO from Anschutz in Boulder, who is a board-certified neurologist who specializes in people with movement disorders, i.e. Parkinson's and intention tremors. All people with Parkinson's and intention tremors and their friends and family are invited to attend. Questions? Comments? Call Linda Hannock at 970-443-8146. Estes Park Health hosting September Blood Drive. Sign up now to donate. Join Estes Park Health in gathering one of our most important commodities, blood. For the first time in several years due to the COVID pandemic, EPH is once again hosting blood drives on our campus in Estes Park at 555 Prospect Avenue. UC Health Garth England Blood Center will be on site on Thursday, September 7, 2023. The drive will run from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. While walk-ins are welcome, we ask that you sign up ahead of time to ensure the shortest possible wait. Log on to blooddonation.uchealth.org slash donor slash A-U-T-H slash sign in to make an appointment. If you do not already have an account with the UC Health Garth England Blood Center, follow the directions to create one. Snacks will be provided. Please park in front of the hospital. Every two seconds, someone in the U.S. needs blood or platelets. Your life-saving donation can save up to three lives. Whole blood donors may give once every 56 days, eight weeks, to allow plenty of time to replenish their red blood cells. The blood collected at Estes Park Health will support the needs of our community and the needs of Larimer County. According to the American Red Cross, only 3% of eligible donors give blood. The need is great. Estes Park Health is proud to partner with the UCH Health Garth England Blood Center to build up the local blood supply. Second Annual 9-11 Stair Climb Fundraiser for the National Fallen Firefighter Foundation in Estes Park, September 11, 2023. The Estes Valley Fire District and the National Fallen Firefighter Foundation, NFFF, are proud to announce the second annual 9-11 Stair Climb Fundraiser, set to take place in Estes Park, Colorado, on September 11, 2023. This inspiring event will honor the brave firefighters who lost their lives in the line of duty during the tragic events of September 11, 2001, while also raising funds to support the families and loved ones they left behind. The 9-11 Stair Climb Fundraiser is a unique and poignant way to commemorate the sacrifices made by firefighters on that fateful day. Participants, including firefighters, community members, and supporters from all walks of life, will climb a symbolic 110 stories, representing the height of the World Trade Center towers. 
Each participant will carry the name and photograph of a fallen firefighter, ensuring that their memory and legacy live on. The stair climb will be at the Estes Park parking structure, 691 North St. Vrain in US 36. And you have the opportunity to climb 110 stories, the height of the World Trade Center. Participants are encouraged to climb what they can, whether that be one story or all 110. The climb will serve as a powerful reminder of the courage, dedication, and selflessness exhibited by firefighters across the nation. In addition to the stair climb, there will be a 5K run walk around Lake Estes. The funds raised through this event will directly benefit the NFFF's programs and initiatives aimed at assisting the families of fallen firefighters. These vital resources include scholarships, support for educational and training programs, and immediate financial assistance for families in need. By participating in the 9-11 Stair Climb fundraiser, attendees will make a meaningful contribution to the lives of those affected by the loss of their firefighter loved ones. Registration for the event is open and participants are encouraged to sign up early to secure their spot. Whether climbing individually, as part of a team, or simply making a donation, everyone can play a significant role in honoring the fallen firefighters and their families. We invite local businesses, organizations, and community members to join them as event sponsors and supporters. The 9-11 Stair Climb Fundraiser offers an excellent opportunity to demonstrate corporate social responsibility, showcase community involvement, and make a lasting impact on the lives of firefighters' families. Specific information about this year's Stair Climb and 5K Run will be made available, but for more general information, please visit estesvalleyfire.org slash stair hyphen climb or email info at estesvalleyfire.org. The Thunker by Sarah Donahoe Want to feel like you've died and gone to heaven? Or sinned indulgently and gone the other way? Then get yourself to one of the fruit stands we see roadside during the month of August. Buy a Palisade peach or a boxful and bite into the lusciously fresh and fragrant, juicy, most ambrosial fruit on the planet. The season is short. The fruit is expensive. But these delectable treats are worth every penny. Sweet as candy and succulent enough that you need to hover over the sink to eat one straight and wipe your chin and elbow afterwards. There's no need to peel one before sinking your teeth into its tender flesh. The skin melts in your mouth as easily as the sunrise pink orange fruit. Plus, since Palisade peaches are freestone, the fruit easily separates from the pit, allowing every bit of deliciousness to be consumed, not stuck in a mess to the stone. The town of Palisade, population about 2,600, elevation 4,728 feet, is on Colorado's western slope, where long sunny days and cool nights help develop fruits into dazzling and distinctive deliciousness. 
plums, cherries, apricots, berries, grapes, and apples grow well there, but peaches rain. I've purchased good wines there, and once I bought a special cream sherry there, but peaches are what put Palisade on the map. You may have some luck buying your peach in the produce section of a grocery store, but in a big-name market, I can't tell where the fruit comes from. I've studied the little sticker labels and have not been able to decipher an origin. California produces more than half of the United States' fresh peach crop. Georgia is known as the peach state, and South Carolina claims that its peaches are tastier. All well and good, but when I'm buying peaches, I want to make sure they are from Palisade, Colorado. That's why I like fruit stands. There's something wholesome and nostalgic about pulling up to a wayside booth that looks like it was built by Grandpa, talking with the growers and family behind the tables laden with produce, and walking away with brown paper bags or cardboard boxes heavy with pure bliss. Much the same as shopping at a farmer's market. If your peaches aren't quite ripe when you buy them, don't worry, they'll ripen at home. Store them separated, away from direct sunlight, and on their shoulders as opposed to on their aptly named bottoms. If you need to speed up the ripening, put them loosely in a closed paper bag. Be prepared to be enveloped in the mouth-watering aroma of peaches when you open the bag. On the other hand, if you want to slow down the process, keep them in the fridge. You can buy firsts, which are the unblemished, perfectly round peaches. They're the best for eating straight. Seconds are those that are just as delicious but may have a bruise, might be smaller or oddly shaped. These are cheaper and great for baking or smoothies, making jams, jellies, syrups, salsas, and dehydrating. Yesterday, my friend Joan provided the peaches and I used them to bake a crisp. The fruit was so sweet, there was almost no need for added sugar. Well, just a little to assure a crunchy topping. True confession, last night's dessert for Joan and me doubled as our breakfast this morning. And I think there's enough left for lunch, too. With these peaches, I could also make a pie, cobbler, or variations such as a pan dowdy, brown betty, crumble, and buckle, bread or muffins, kuchen, a tart, upside-down cake, panna cotta, Dutch baby, cheesecake, a trifle, dump cake, ice cream, a chiffon or variation such as mousse, souffle, and Bavarian, and even wine. Truly, the options are endless. Unfortunately, the peaches are not. I buy as many as I can when I find them, and what isn't consumed within a week or so, I freeze. Not peeled, not pitted, but whole. Easy peasy, or peachy, in this case. With frozen peaches, we get to enjoy the sublime fruit all year round. Let Adam and Eve have all the apples they want. If I'm going to be seduced by a fruit hanging temptingly low from a tree branch, I'll succumb to the pleasure of a palisade peach. You may let the thunker know what you think at her email address, d-o-n-o-h-o-l-d-t 
at gmail.com. Pasty and chutney season has begun. Pasty and chutney orders. It's a long journey from Cornwall, England to Estes Park, but the pasties are here. A pasty is a round piece of dough filled with savory meat and vegetables. It's folded in half to make a D shape with a crimped edge. Traditionally eaten by tin miners in Cornwall, it's an easy handheld sandwich. Several parishioners at St. Bartholomew's Episcopal Church are currently busy in the kitchen making pasties. St. Bartholomew's has served our community with this pasty tradition since 1986, and we need your help to continue our fundraiser tradition. All the profits from this fundraiser will go to local, national, and international nonprofit organizations. In the past, some of these organizations have included Salud, Crossroads, and Habitat for Humanity of the Estes Valley. Order your pasties by going to the church website at stbartepiscopalchurch.org beginning on August 11th. On the website, you will find the order form to fill out and submit to the church office. We suggest you place your order early because there is a limit of two bags of pasties per customer and two jars of chutney per customer. A bag of regular pasties, six pasties per bag, costs $26, and a bag of gluten-free pasties, six pasties per bag, costs 28 Half-pint jars of chutney cost $10 per jar. Last year, we sold out of everything, so place your order as soon as possible. Your order will be available for pickup on October 21st during the St. Bartholomew's Fall Festival from 9 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. at the church. We can accept checks or credit cards as forms of payment. We will also have our Fall Festival on October 21st, which will include an extensive food and bake sale, a small boutique of fall, Thanksgiving and Halloween, and Christmas and winter items for $25 or less, and hot coffee and donuts to snack on in a conversation circle. If you have any questions regarding the order of pasties and chutney or the pickup date, please contact Carolyn Sherry at C dot S H I R E Y sixty five at gmail dot com or nine three six seven six six five six three seven. Estes Park Jazz Big Band to present final summer concert. The Estes Park Jazz Big Band will present their final summer evening concert featuring three Estes Park vocalists on Wednesday, August 16th, starting at 7 p.m. The free concert will be held at Performance Park, Estes Park's beautiful outdoor performance facility, located on West Elkhorn Avenue. Audience members are encouraged to bring lawn chairs or blankets. The concert will be performed rain or shine. Chuck Valerick will direct the local jazz band, which is in its 32nd year of providing music for Estes Park residents and visitors. Featured vocalists on this concert will be Jan McCown, Denise Stukesbury, and Scott Anderson, all accompanied by the jazz big band. 
McCown will be featured on As Long As I'm Singing, Stooksbury will sing Night and Day, and Anderson will sing Midnight, The Stars and You, the closing song from the movie The Shining. Clarinetist Jan Scott will be featured on Artie Shaw's Begin the Beguine and Benny Goodman's Let's Dance. The jazz big band will also perform several well-known selections, including My Way, Just Friends, Peter Gunn theme, and In the Mood. The Estes Park Jazz Big Band is made up of musicians from Estes Park and surrounding communities. After this concert, the band will go on hiatus until their Christmas concert in December. For more information about the band or the concert, please contact Chuck Verilek at 970-227-8704. Estes Park Chorale begins new season. The Estes Park Chorale, a community chorus now in its 53rd year, will resume rehearsals on Wednesday, September 13th, from 7 to 8.30 p.m. at the Presbyterian Community Church of the Rockies. New singers are always welcome. No formal audition is required, just a desire to sing and the ability to attend Wednesday rehearsals. This season, in addition to presenting our regular holiday and spring concerts in Estes, we will also be preparing to perform in a special concert at Carnegie Hall in New York with the renowned composer and conductor John Rutter in May 2024. If you love to sing and would like to find out more about the chorale, please join us at our first rehearsal. All voice parts are welcome. More information can be found at estesparkchorale.com. Rotary Club presents 18th John Denver Tribute Concert. Throughout the world, the music of the late John Denver represents the best of the Colorado Rocky Mountain lifestyle. Join Brad Fitch and the Tropic Cowboy Band as they perform Denver's timeless songs on September 2nd at the Roosh Auditorium, YMCA of the Rockies. This concert is presented by the Rotary Club of Estes Park Foundation and is a fundraiser for their programs. I'm proud to perform with a talented six-piece band that interprets John Denver's music with both reverence and a whole lot of fun. It's a special experience to hear this music performed live in the mountains of Colorado. These songs rekindle fond memories and lighten the spirit. I hope you'll join us for this great music for a great cause. Fitch and his band will be performing their tribute concert for the 18th year this Labor Day weekend. Never the same show from year to year. They include his best-known hits while also digging deep into the Denver catalog. Tickets can be obtained at McDonald Bookshop and the Estes Park Visitor Center with reserved seating available online. Doors open at 4 p.m., with opening act Random and True playing at 5 p.m., and the John Denver Tribute at 6.30. El Mexcal adds outside dining. 
El Mexical Family Mexican Restaurant at 161st Street in Estes Park recently completed a new outside deck and patio, giving it an additional 30 or more seats for outside dining. The owners of El Mexical, Jesus and Ana Apodoca, teamed with owners of Village Square Shopping Center, Jean and Mark Rissmiller, to design and implement the addition. The design plans were done by local firm Van Horn Engineering, and the construction was done by Estes Valley Construction. Customers have been asking for outside dining to enjoy the beauty of the area and are very excited to have this addition, said Jesus. Come by and enjoy the many summer and fall dining options, very friendly staff, and say hello to the owners of El Mexical to see for yourself why people are so excited. Thinking Out Loud by Wayne Groom Truth and Opinions I respect those that do their homework and form opinions with a factual, believable basis. Those persons that seek the truth from various sources will arrive at the proper conclusion. The truth is out there if one dedicates the time, effort, and sometimes money to get it. I believe that one needs to evaluate various sources of information to arrive at realistic conclusions. I believe that one must evaluate the credibility of all sources and not just assume one source to be correct. You can't totally buy into all the information that Fox News or CNN feeds you. You have to read papers, magazines, and books, and watch a variety of news broadcasts to get a balanced view on any subject. When I was in the newspaper industry in the 1960s through the 1980s, journalism was much more professional, objective, and factual but still had allegiance to its ownership. My job, while employed by the Tribune Company, was on the money side of the business, and we were at loggerheads with the editorial folks frequently over their presentation of the news. I controlled the classified department of the paper and did not want negative articles about car dealers, builders, or other businesses. The editorial people, on the other hand, wanted to report the news regardless of its impact on our advertisers. It seems in today's media business that journalism is all about readership or viewership and has reverted to tabloid sensationalism. The terrible part of this scenario is that it works. The more outrageous the headline and the story, the more the masses embrace it. Today's network news organizations lead into their programs with tantalizing tidbits similar to the Enquirer and Globe publications. Meaty stories that take time or space to tell the entire story are less frequent and capture less attention. We as a people are fed instant bits of information which are not necessarily supported by fact. We are a fast-paced society who swallows our news with our coffee and donuts. I always encouraged my kids to have an opinion and a real basis for it. It's easy to fall in with the crowd and become a follower, but more difficult to take a stand if you don't go along with the group. Find your truth. It's out there. But always keep an open mind to others' thoughts 
there may be some truth there also. Truth is a constant. Opinions are plentiful and variable. There are two sides to every story, and somewhere in between is the truth. Webster defines truth as that which is true, a statement, etc., that accords with fact or reality. It is my opinion that truth always wins. Presentation and Book Signing with Local Author Elena Burnham Willits Local author Elena Willits will be speaking about her recently published memoirs, Stars in My Eyes, at 12 p.m. on Tuesday, August 15th, at the Estes Park Senior Citizen Center, 1760 Olympian Lane. All are invited to attend this special presentation. Elena will not only speak about her life among Hollywood stars, but she'll also tell stories about the many people she and her husband met when they moved to Estes Park in 1983. Elena will address how she went about authoring this book and will offer helpful encouragement to get you started on your own memoirs. A book signing will follow her presentation. Elena's book will be on sale for just $10 by cash or check. Elena wants to share what's written on the back cover of her book, which summarizes it all. Like many kids growing up in Sherman Oaks during the golden age of Hollywood, it wasn't unusual for Elena Burnham Willits to catch glimpses of TV and movie stars. But Elena's celebrity sightings were far more frequent than average because her father, Weldon S. Burnham, made his living as a portrait photographer of the stars. Among his long list of clients were Douglas MacArthur, Vidal Sassoon, Esther Williams, George Burns and Gracie Allen, Red Skelton, and Art Linkletter. Weldon also took the iconic portrait of Roy Rogers sitting on his rearing horse, Trigger, which was used on posters and other promotional materials worldwide. In Stars in My Eyes, Elena recounts her many serendipitous meetings with famous personalities. As a child, she chases Gordon McRae's son through the hallways at her school, only to wind up crashing into Gordon McRae himself. As a teenager, she dates Rob Reiner. In her early 20s, she goes to a private party with Elvis and his friends. Later, her connections as a hairstylist provide many more opportunities to make friends with those working in Hollywood, both the well-known and the unknown. When she gets married, the band that will become Toto plays at her wedding. For the presentation, you're welcome to bring your own lunch or pre-purchase a hot meal by ordering the day before. Place your order by 1 p.m. on Monday, August 14th. For this event, they will be serving a delicious Mexican variety platter and refried beans. The cost of the meal is $7 for Estes Park Senior Citizen Center, EPSCC, members, and $10 for non-members. If you become an EPSCC member for just $30 per year, you will not only enjoy meal discounts, but also gain access to all the amazing activities. For more information about the EPSCC or to order a meal for the presentation, please call the Senior Center at 
581-2195. This community presentation is presented by Renee Hodgson of Remax Mountain Brokers. Renee is certified as a Seniors Real Estate Specialist by the National Association of Realtors and can be reached at rhodgden at remax.net. Estes Valley Library. Take a proactive look at aging with Fast Forward. Aging can feel like a reality that's out of our control. Time passes and we get older. But what if you and your family have more influence over how we age than we think? In Fast Forward, a documentary about aging, four millennials and their parents travel through time to meet their future selves. Wearing an MIT-produced Aging Empathy Suit, or A-G-N-E-S, Agnes, which has been calibrated to approximate the motor, visual, flexibility, dexterity, and strength of a person in the mid-70s, they grapple with the realizations, conversations, and mindset required to age successfully. We learned that intergenerational family dynamics play a key role, says documentary director Michael Eric Hertig. While we knew bringing millennials and boomers together to have the conversation would be an underlying dynamic of our film, we still needed something to jolt our cast into an exploration of their greatest aging fears and expectations. On Saturday, September 9th, the Estes Valley Library is partnering with UC Healthcare, Bloom Healthcare, and Home Instead of Northern Colorado to present a screening of this powerful documentary. The film will be shown at the American Legion at 11.30 a.m. with lunch and beverages provided thanks to generous sponsors. Admission is free, but registration is requested. Visit estesvalleylibrary.org slash events to reserve your spot. Every family's aging story is different, adds Hertig. In Fast Forward, we hope to inspire viewers to embark on their own time travel experiment to explore how they and their families are set up to age together. September is National Preparedness Month at the Estes Valley Library. Join us for a look into preparing for all phases and experiences of life. Learn more about September programs at estesvalleylibrary.org slash events. Obituaries John P. Colmore, Jr. Jack John P. Colmore, Jr. Jack peacefully left this world on Sunday, June 25, 2023. He had been courageously battling multiple health issues in the past few years. Jack was born to Dr. John and Jean May Stark Colmore in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, on April 21, 1955. He was the sixth of seven siblings and the first boy. He lived in Oklahoma until he was 30, and then made multiple moves between Texas, Idaho, and Colorado. Jack is survived by his wife, Susan, and daughter, Emily Harder. He also left behind his sisters, Carolyn, 
Christine, Elizabeth, Nancy, and his brother James. There are nieces, nephews, and other family members who will miss him in the years to come. Friends who live far and wide will fondly remember Jack and all the good times. Jack was preceded in death by his son Chris, his parents John and Jean Colmore, his father-in-law Scott, and his sister Frances. Per Jack's request, there will be no service. Memorial donations can be sent to Estes Park Junior Golf, P.O. Box 1379, Estes Park, Colorado, 80157. Frederick Samish Frederick Charles Samish passed away peacefully on June 26, 2023, after a long and good 97 years on earth. Fred was born in Atlantic, Iowa, where he grew up becoming the star high school quarterback, then attending the University of Iowa for civil engineering. After time in the Army Air Force, he became the Cass County Engineer in Iowa when he met Bobby Bronson and was married to her for 70 years until passing last year. Fred is succeeded by their three sons, Michael, Todd, and Christopher. David Lynn Myers David Lynn Myers born December 25, 1941, died in the comfort of his home of 20 years in Estes Park, Colorado, Wednesday, May 31, 2023. Lynn was surrounded by family and friends in the last few weeks, sharing memories and enjoying laughter. He is survived by his high school sweetheart and wife of 57 years, Inda K. Myers, and their three sons, David, Seth, and Jeffrey two daughters-in-law, Michelle and Christine, five grandchildren, Ella, Mason, Lathan, Avery, and Brennan, two brothers, two sisters, a sister-in-law, and nine nieces and nephews. In lieu of flowers, Lynn requested memorial donation for Dr. Pollier's MDS Research, Colorado Trout Unlimited, and Boy Scout Troop 989, Littleton, Colorado, for National Youth Leadership Training Scholarships. Please submit donations through Lynn's online memorial, Everloved, everloved.com, or to K. Myers, 1761 Twin Drive, Estes Park, Colorado. Memorial service will be held on August 12th at Estes Park United Methodist Church, 1509 Fish Hatchery Road, Estes Park, Colorado, 80517. Michael Mike Lindum. Michael Mike Lindum, born 12-7-1942, died peacefully, really peacefully, at home in Estes Park, Colorado, on August 1, 2023. Originally from Minneapolis, Minnesota, he and his wife moved to Estes in 2019. In lieu of flowers, donations could be given to Legion Post 119 Foundation, P.O. Box 127, Estes Park, Colorado, 80517. Kara Boone Kara Kathleen Boone was born on March 6, 1967, 
at Harris Hospital in Fort Worth, Texas. Kara Catherine Boone passed away peacefully on March 17, 2023, in Greeley, Colorado, at 56 years old. Kara was preceded in death by her parents, Dr. James Boone and Kathleen DeVore Boone, her maternal grandparents, Stuart and Charlotte Kathleen DeVore, her paternal grandparents, Louis and Jane Boone, her maternal great-grandmother, Dora Dunn. Kara leaves behind her sister, Dr. Kimberly Ann Boone of Versailles, Kentucky, her godmother, Meredith E. McManus of Atlanta, Louisiana, and her childhood friend, Ray McManus of Atlanta, Louisiana. Those she left behind will forever treasure her love, her friendship, and her legacy. A celebration of her life will take place on August 16, 2023, at Sprague Lake in Rocky Mountain National Park, Estes Park, Colorado. Betty Courses Unique Outdoor Recreation and Education Opportunities for Women in Rocky Mountain National Park The Rocky Mountain Conservancy invites women and those who identify as female to explore a new series of Field Institute courses at Rocky Mountain National Park, RMNP, called Betty Courses. These educational opportunities are designed to encourage women to experience the outdoors while learning about the natural environment, conservation efforts, and building confidence in outdoor skills. Betty courses honor the legacy of Dr. Beatrice Betty Willard, a groundbreaking scientist in the field of alpine ecology and botany. Willard spent 40 years in Rocky Mountain National Park researching plant life and impacts of visitor use on Rocky Mountain National Park's delicate tundra. Willard authored Land Above the Trees, A Guide to American Alpine Tundra, and influenced public policy, and was also instrumental in securing protective designation for the Fluorescent Fossil Beds National Monument, located west of Colorado Springs. Her research plots located at Forest Canyon and Rock Cut along Trail Ridge Road are included on the National Register of Historic Places because of the influence of her work. Dr. Betty Willard overcame numerous institutional barriers in her life and career to become a noted expert on the alpine environment and pioneer outdoor education, said Carly Bangs, Education Director for the Conservancy. She was the first instructor in the Rocky Mountain Conservancy's Field Institute, and thus the first in the National Park System in 1962. She was passionate about sharing her knowledge with the public and policymakers as she was protecting the environment, especially the alpine tundra. In her name, new courses focus on building outdoor skills and knowledge to connect women to the environment and to foster a conservation ethic in a welcoming and encouraging setting. For example, on multi-day fishing courses, participants learn about stream ecology, fish, and macroinvertebrate identification and riparian habitat, creating a holistic understanding of the waterways. 
a local guiding company, Rambling Ruby Rose, provides expert instruction in casting and fishing techniques. Registration for courses is available at rmconservancy.org slash learn hyphen with hyphen us and selecting the button for upcoming Betty courses. Late summer and fall courses include August 19th and 20th, up and over Bear Lake to Grand Lake. August 26th, Black Lake Guided Hike. September 5th and 6th, Stream Ecology and Fly Fishing. September 9th through 11th, Summiting Long's Peak. October 7th and 8th, Intermediate Climbing. Fees are nominal, but scholarships are available by contacting the Field Institute directly. These scholarships are funded through the Magnificent Mountain Women's Scholarship Fund in honor of Janet Robertson, author of the classic book, The Magnificent Mountain Women, Adventures in the Colorado Rockies, who herself is an expert on the many of the trailblazing women whose stories are intertwined with Rocky Mountain National Park and a dear friend of Dr. Betty Willard. In addition to honoring the life of Betty Willard, the Conservancy will also host learning opportunities this fall to commemorate the 150th anniversary of Lady Isabella Byrd's notable visit to Estes Valley. Visit Estes Park sponsors historical tours that will be offered throughout October and November. Dr. Ruth Alexander will give a history of women in Rocky Mountain National Park on October 21st at the Estes Valley Community Center. Tickets for Dr. Alexander's presentation and more information on Rocky Mountain Conservancy Field Institute educational programs are available at rmconservancy.org. The Rocky Mountain Conservancy promotes stewardship of Rocky Mountain National Park and similar lands through education and philanthropy. Since 1931, the Conservancy has raised more than $35 million to enhance and protect the park's trails, lands, youth education, historic structures, and more. Fire Shed Forest Health Tour, Estes Valley and Big Thompson Watersheds August 14th from 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Join staff from the Estes Valley Watershed Coalition, Larimer Conservation District, U.S. Forest Service, Big Thompson Watershed Coalition, Rocky Mountain National Park, Estes Valley Land Trust, and the Estes Valley Fire Protection District to learn about forest treatments in the Estes Valley and Big Thompson watersheds that are helping to reduce wildfire risk and improve forest health. Guests will enjoy time hiking in the woods while learning about different types of forest treatments, including hand thinning, pile building and burning, and mechanical whole tree removal on both public and private lands. Our co-hosts will also discuss some of the post-fire recovery work that's taken place since the fires of 2020. We'll also learn about the Northern Colorado Fire Shed Collaborative and how work in the Estes Valley and Big Thompson watersheds fit into a larger land-scale strategy on the Front Range. 
important information. Bring water, sunscreen, layers, and comfortable shoes or boots for hiking in forested areas. Please bring your own lunch. Date, August 14, 2023. Time, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. Meet at Estes Parking Garage. Thank you for joining us for the Estes Park News. I'm Kathy Piancone.